How would your life be different if you could live to 120? Some leading experts predict that improvements in healthcare and medical treatments could mean people could routinely reach this age within the next two decades and work until they are 80 or even 90. The impact on the next generation could be profound, affecting their jobs, education plans, savings and housing choices, with major implications for the wider economy. In this Barclays Private Bank podcast, we hear from world-leading experts and specialists to consider the effects of longer and healthier lives on the next generation and what it might mean for your wealth today. First, we examine the science behind predictions that soon we could live much longer, healthier lives. Huge progress has been made in improving life expectancies over the last century. Today, it's estimated that half of eight-year-olds in the UK will live to 100. However, under the blue skies of Silicon Valley in California, a small band of specialist scientists and researchers are working on a revolutionary way to address chronic diseases that still affect millions of people. Their mission? To slow or even reverse the process of aging. Jim Mellon, a British investor and author of Juvenescence, Investing in the Age of Longevity, spent two years meeting many of the leading experts in longevity. All of life expectancy improvements in the last 100 years, where human life expectancy has more or less doubled, has occurred as a result of environmental factors, as a result of improvements in sanitation, less infant mortality, less accidents at work, antibiotics. There has been no interference with fundamental biology that has caused an increase in longevity. So if you took someone from 1900 and put them into today's world, they would live as long as the rest of us. Now we are able to fundamentally manipulate uh, biology and that's coming very quickly. There's at least a 50-50 chance that within the next 20 years at most, we will reach a point where we can say that aging has genuinely been defeated. Dr. Aubrey de Grey, a longevity expert and advocate, believes recent scientific advances and techniques such as gene editing, small molecule drug development and stem cell research will help us defeat the most common conditions that occur as we get older, helping us stay active and healthier for much, much longer. You have to remember that ageing is simply the process of self-inflicted damage accumulations. The reason these things accumulate is because we in the human genome do not have any genes encoding enzymes that can destroy these substances. But bacteria, some bacteria, do have such genes. So what we do is we identify those bacteria and then we tweak the genes so that we can put those genes into human cells and they still work. In their search for a breakthrough, Longevity researchers are leveraging rapid advances in artificial intelligence, according to Paulina Mamashina, a researcher at Insilico Medicine. It's transforming every single area right now in healthcare, uh, including pharmaceutical industry, and my company is mostly focused on pharmaceutical. We use AI to speed up drug discovery dramatically. Using AI, you can actually generate new drugs from the scratch that will be efficient right away. And also you can explore new chemical spaces, because right now we're only scratching the surface of the chemical space. We're only looking for a small drop in the ocean of chemicals that are available there that could potentially be really, really effective therapies. The combined effects of developments in diagnostics, drug development, gene editing and stem cell research may be twofold. Not only could life expectancies potentially rise in the future, but we could live much healthier lives for longer than we do now. 
So what are the consequences on the wider economy, and in particular, the world of work? Significant research is being done into the implications of longer, healthier lives. When we live longer, we'll be moving into multi-stage lives where we'll have many different stages and we'll have our individual plans of how we go through those stages. Linda Grattan, a professor at London Business School and co-author of the best-selling book The Hundred Year Life, is working with governments, companies and think tanks around the world to help prepare for this new reality. If we live to 100, we're going to be working until we're 70 or 80. And that means that one career is never going to be enough. We'll have to have multiple careers. More people are going to work as freelancers. We anticipate that more people will start their own business. There will be more breaks, more breaks to explore the world, more breaks to go off and learn again, and more breaks just to enjoy yourself and spend time with your kids and your grandchildren. One of Linda Grattan's key conclusions is that workers will need to become more flexible and adaptable, returning to education regularly to learn new skills and vocations. Rajib Day, an EdTech expert and member of the World Economic Forum Young Global Leaders Programme, agrees. So at Learnably, we work to future-proof employees and make sure that they have the skills and insights to thrive in the future of work. His new educational technology company, Learnably, is based in a colourful co-working space in East London, sharing facilities from meeting rooms to ping-pong tables with hundreds of other startups. So I think with the rise of automation and AI, but also with people living longer and working longer, lifelong learning is going to become one of the major trends for edtech. There's going to be huge amounts of investment. It's already worth over £275 billion annually spent on workplace learning. And I think that's only going to continue to grow. EdTech companies who are providing ways to support everyone from school kids right the way to those in, in work and those at older age to continuously learn and grow and upskill and reskill themselves. But he claims that while the latest technology, from virtual reality to augmented reality, will be used to support learning in the future, some of the cornerstones of education today will remain the same in the future. Education is fundamentally social in its nature and we're seeing that people value being surrounded by other people who have similar learning goals to them. So people are turning to face-to-face -to -face courses or classes or even reading books in their own time. So it's not as you'd assume that everyone is turning to online learning. Changing jobs and careers more times in our lives, retraining, upskilling or reskilling regularly. Some would argue that these trends are already emerging in the current workforce of developed economies around the world. However, much longer lives and the impact of AI could accelerate these changes. So what could this mean for the way people live? Could a multi-stage life, the rise of more flexible working and new patterns of learning throughout people's lives affect the homes they live in? An emerging trend in real estate development is co-living. Large blocks of apartments designed for young professionals that offer shared facilities such as dining rooms, gyms and cinemas. Plus lots of communal areas where residents can work alongside each other. The blocks are particularly appealing to people working in tech and creative industries where co-working is already popular. Stephen Marukian, Director of Real Estate Financing at Barclays Private Bank, says this type of housing could become more common. 
Technology is already changing the way people work today. If we fast forward 20 or 30 years, the way that our homes are used to integrate with our work is likely to be very different to how it is today. As population increases in urban centres, the size and purpose of the space in people's homes will have to change. But he also predicts that families will explore alternative forms of co-living. In particular, multi-generational housing, where two, three, or even four generations live together. As there is an increase in multi-generational living and people work more flexibly, the demand on the modern home will change fundamentally. Manisha Patel is a senior partner at PRP, which recently designed a series of multi-generational homes on the Olympic Park in London. The houses have separate entrances, but shared facilities, so families can easily get together to relax or eat meals. Multi-generational living is happening all over the world. In Japan, you've got a form where you have one house on top of another house. As you're less mobile, you're on the lower level. As you're more mobile, you're on the upper level but this support mechanism is there through the cycle of life. Multi-generational housing in the UK is driven by economics. Generations are tending to move towards each other, to support each other. Linda Gratton agrees. You know, in the past, a family was pretty predictable in terms of what it was and where it lived. We're going to see a great deal more experimentation and a great deal more co-living. And that's because if you live 100 years, there's multiple generations in a family. They may decide to live together. But we're also predicting that more age cohorts are going to choose to live together. You know, marriage is happening later. People are having fewer children. So being single is a bigger proportion of your life. And co-living is going to be a very important way of living for that particular age group. How could longer lives affect the wider economy? The implications are complex, wide-reaching and hard to predict. The most common fears relate to retirement savings and cost of healthcare, says Linda Gratton. What happens when everyone lives to 100? Well, the gloom and doom scenario is that pensions become unviable and health costs become a huge proportion of a country's budget. However, there could be a positive outcome to living longer. There could be a dividend to us living longer, but that dividend relies on us working into our 70s and 80s. And so staying healthy, encouraging corporations to employ people over the age of 55 and changing our own views about what it is to work into our 70s is going to be absolutely crucial. What does it mean for your wealth today? As developments in science bring us closer to longer life expectancies, opportunities are opening up for innovative companies. Riwa Hafush is Head of Network Intelligence at Oxford Sciences Innovation, a technology and bioscience incubator that is partnered with the University of Oxford. We typically look for a piece of world-leading intellectual property with a commercial application. And so our portfolio represents uh, exciting developments at the frontiers of biotech, AI, quantum, new materials, precision engineering, and much more. It's an incredibly interesting time to be working at the intersection and convergence of technologies that are radically reshaping the way that we're addressing some of the world's biggest problems, and that includes aging. Jim Mellon. Longevity is a nascent science. There will be many failures, many overhyped stocks on the stock market. But rather like the internet from 1992 to 2000, when there was a huge bust, from the ashes there emerged companies such as Google, and from the ashes of whatever overhyped mania in this longevity space, there will emerge some very significant companies. At Barclays Private Bank, 
We always keep ahead of world-changing trends to ensure our clients make the right decisions about their investments. Like many topics, longevity is of keen interest to many of our clients. They want to understand what are the technologies that are supporting this kind of advancement and how can we bring that to them in a way that they can invest and participate. Read our full report on the challenges and opportunities of longevity by clicking the link on the website. Thank you for listening to this Barclays Private Bank podcast. I quite fancy a world in which nobody gets sick. Don't you?